0: Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. These are numbers we'd rather avoid than contemplate solutions. The highest rate of suicide occurs among those of middle-aged and with white men specifically who account for 7 of 10 suicides. These are numbers searching for answers, answers that are never really acceptable enough that suicide has increased 24% in America during the past 15 years. And for each of those deaths, six or more suicide survivors, as they are termed, are left behind. Those left behind and how to heal, how to cope, and how to grieve is our direction on this edition. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. And with me again is the Jefferson Center Manager for Trauma Suicide Prevention and Veteran and Military Services, Dr. Heather Trish.
1: With Jefferson Center for Mental Health, and this is something that we do, um, unfortunately, all too frequently, um, but are very equipped to support someone in their own individual needs. Everyone is not the same, uh, but there are definitely uh, clinical mental health interventions that can help decrease the pain and distress that somebody is experiencing
0: mm-hmm. in
1: some of this the situations that you described.
0: And... If they do seek professional help, it's not going to be a scenario of maybe showing up a few times and you're going to do something magic and they're mm-hmm. done with it and they can go on with the rest of their, their lives. This is a process that's so going to take time. they got to be prepared for that.
1: Yes. Uh, and and it's not always as easy as showing up once or twice. Yes. Uh, so you might decide to see a, a therapist and, and that's ongoing for a while. Um, you might decide to take medications that might be able to help stabilize your mood or decrease the distress or depressive symptoms or anxiety symptoms that you might be experiencing. Uh, but, yeah, it and it will change over time. You know, when you experience a trauma, um, there are treatments that can help lower that distress level. Uh, but then you go through your life, even if you're not in that mental health treatment at the time, there will be times in your life where you will get triggered and to come back for kind of, you know, a booster shot is not at all unusual in those situations. Um, that's normal.
0: So when things things happen like that, you may be talking about special days, birthdays, anniversaries—those
1: trigger events.
0: Trigger events mm-hmm. that come back, and because those events keep coming back up over your life, correct? Those memories will come back, but do yes. they come back with the same intensity later as they do right after the uh, the suicide takes place?
1: They can. Mm-hmm. You mentioned p- PTSD earlier, and PTSD yeah. can feel like things are happening again in the moment, and sometimes if you don't understand what's triggering you, uh-huh. that can feel like a helpless, hopeless, out-of-control situation, uh, very anxiety-provoking, very distressing. So they can over time, um, and then they lessen, right? Again, this this process is like a wave. You kind of cross the wave, and then you go down, and then here it comes again
0: people sometimes say, if I can only find out why, then I'll be okay. Yeah. Do we ever find out why? And maybe they should be prepared for perhaps never finding out why or the answer to that question, why it happened.
1: The why question is so difficult. It is so difficult. Uh, and And sometimes you might have that answer come to you, yeah. right? You might find out why. There might be a note. There might be information that's left for you. To explain why. And in a lot of instances, there's not. And what I found in, in the mental health practice uh, that I have done yeah. is that uh, people have to come to their own why. They have to understand within their own life experience and their own relationship with that person why that occurred. Um, but you don't always get the the actual why, right? That person is gone. Yeah, right? And
0: they're the only ones that had that answer. Yeah. And you say you have to come to your own personal why. Mm-hmm. And that's just taking everything you know and whatever indicators you have, and it just adds up as close as you can get, and you'll have that question mark for the rest of your life. Then.
1: Sometimes, yes, that is the case.
0: And does the same thing, something similar happen to, let's say, a veteran who after going through war in Afghanistan and, and, and those places, and then they come back here to America, and they may do a suicide. Mm-hmm. Then you say, "Yeah, hey, you went through all that battle, and you went through all that bullets flying and tracer rounds, and and all that, and you come back here and you do this. Why?"
1: Veterans and 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 suicide, or even active, uh, do new military, and, and suicide is a it's a really challenging. Uh, situation you know we have a very high percentage of our veteran population who die by suicide yeah um, and and coming back after a military deployment and military service mm-hmm. it's often around you know how much support they're getting and how much uh, you know into in reintegration um, they're they're able to do back to their civilian life you know you look at the military and there's so much great structure. Right And that yeah. really doesn't allow for a lot of time or, or reason to, to kind of veer from what you're supposed to do, right in a timely fashion, yeah. in a hierarchical nature. And um, that's not true necessarily in your civilian world. Um, so that switch, that's when we really need to be supporting uh, our veterans and, and our military uh, folks back into that civilian. Life, Because that, that is a great challenge, and they're, they're often dealing with so many things that did happen maybe as a part of their deployment.
0: And, and that support isn't just checking up on them every now and then or when they call you and say something is going on. This is a regular occurring thing you got to be on top of and just make sure that they're doing okay and doing it consistently.
1: Well, and that can look different for everyone, but yeah. I can—I have a whole list of things that would be protective factors and very healthy, right, to help integrate. And that would include social connections, right, yeah. structure and stability and schedule and, and, and exercise and eating right and feeling like you have a purpose and giving back. I mean, these are all really beneficial things that will help um, integrating back into the community.
0: I, I guess suicide has always been a part of man, nature of man someplace back there. It's not that you're a historian and all that we, <laughs> way back in uh, whatever the dark ages mm-hmm. are. But I, I guess it seems as that it's been uh, – there's uh, men or a person can reach a place where they just want to give up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's always been – I guess it's that a dark side of our human nature or is it a normal side of it. It's just that everything else that we are learned and conditioned to, keep that in check.
1: Mm-hmm. I I can't say historically, right? But what I can say are that that suicide rates are increasing. And so why that is, there's a lot of uh, reasons that are discussed. Um, But what we do know is that um, as time goes on, we're becoming even more and more connected electronically and less and less connected humanly. Um, and, and those rates continue mm. to increase. And I don't know if that's the reason, uh, but I will say that um, we we do prevention, we do suicide prevention, and, and we see those rates um, continue to increase. And so there are a lot of different things that we uh, at Jefferson Center for Mental Health have put into place different clinical mental health practices, yeah. interventions for suicide care, uh, ways the organization is structured in order to uh, make sure that we're best supporting those folks who we we believe might be at risk for suicide. Um, there's all sorts of things that we, we have been doing and we can continue to do as a community um, to support those who are struggling.
0: You, know, you, you, you said that you've been seeing them go up as – more and more automation mm-hmm. comes in. You see the same thing with uh, with teens and kids who are living on their cell phones. The more those cell phones have become important and they've become attached to them, mm-hmm. there's a, the rates of suicide have been going up. You can't... I, can't connect the two. Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating to see the parallel lines.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that there are many researchers out there yeah. who are taking a look at these kinds of things. And I'm not an expert in that area, but I know that you know society changes and these rates continue to go up. And so are there some correlations that we can look at and maybe affect that suicide rate um, in a way that we're keeping our loved ones around longer, if yeah. at all possible?
0: How come more men... Or commit suicide than women?
1: Men tend to use more lethal means. And so you don't attempt with lethal means. You complete suicide with lethal means. The survival rate is not as high.
0: The survival rate is not as high. Mm-hmm. Are the number of attempts about the same? It's just that the number of men who end up lethally getting it done is higher than the number of women because they're they're trying to do it differently.
1: So women uh, attempt suicide about Three times as often as males, uh, but really? males are completing suicide at about four times the rate of of women.
0: And so women, women, women attempt three times more than men. Correct. Really? Yes. Why?
1: Men and women may be structured a little bit differently, yeah. um, or be culturally attuned to different paths of of uh, communicating their distress or their mental health needs. Uh, but that is, that is the data.
0: Is it among the ladies that, well, I want to do it, but in the end, I really don't want to be successful.
1: It, it might be. And we, we really want to, to shine to with...
0: attention to them maybe, and, and the issue.
1: Maybe it can be a piece of that. And we always want to be careful in using the word successful. Yeah. Right. Because um, ending a life, I don't know if, if you want to, Equate that with success. Uh, but those statistics between men and women are are certainly different, and a lot of that has to do with the means with which they're attempting well, to it end is, their it lives. it is the
0: outcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is the outcome, and you either have a successful outcome or you don't. I know some friends who contemplated at one time and – he said, you really want to try that? And they were thinking of something ridiculous like stepping out in front of the light rail train. I said, but, mm-hmm. but what if it hits you on the side and all it does is just chop your legs up
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're still there with all the pain? Mm-hmm. You, you, really want to, you really want to try that? Because it's, it's not absolute here, dude. Mm-hmm. On second thought, no, I don't want to feel like my legs are in garbage and I'm, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. go, let's do something else. What's the issue mm-hmm. here now?
1: Well and, and what you're talking about is engaging with someone and supporting someone who you know and care about who is in just is in distress. And I think that that is um at the heart of what we can do. Yeah. What we can do is support those that we know are showing signs that things are not okay in their lives. And that's absolutely something that you and I both can. Uh, step in and help su- support someone, and get it, get them to the support that they need. You know, you don't have to be a counselor. You absolutely do, don't have to be. And in fact, we know that people are reporting uh, signs of suicide to their peers, to their coworkers, to their neighbors more frequently than they're walking into a mental health office and saying, yeah, hey, really. guys, I'm suicidal. And so that's why it's so important for all of us to really just... Be up on what that looks like, so that we can so friends and coworkers
0: it. need to take that seriously. It's not oh, you know, just Heather, she's just having a bad day.
1: Yeah, and and listen, I have bad days, but if I'm having so many bad days that everyone in the building is noticing, yeah. that's when that's when you know something is off.
0: Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that one. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. So, in in the end, someone who's dealing with the traumatic loss of a loved one or fa- family member or something like that through suicidal means, they just have to, what, one, give themselves time
1: and permission. to heal
0: and permission.
1: Permission to heal. This is not a that judgment is the f- first thing. process. This is about you just went through something horrific. That that pain is probably not going to end at any time in the near future. Um, so you have the permission to grieve. But it will subside. Grieve. It,
0: and you can go on with the rest of life at some point.
1: Uh, It depends, right? Like, life will never be the same. Will you have happy moments? I sure hope so. Yeah. I sure hope so. Uh, But there will be pain. There will be a new normal. It's going to look different.
0: And you can still celebrate the life and the uh, interaction and the experiences you had with the person you lost.
1: Absolutely. As a focus, um, at some point in the grieving process, most Uh people get to that and the love and respect that they had for that person. Right. Mm-hmm. The value of that life. That's very important.
0: And so for the person who may be contemplating suicide and some of them listen to programs like this, mm-hmm. it's not all about you. Mm-hmm. It is about a lot of the people you leave behind in ways you're not contemplating. It's and a... you probably wouldn't want to hurt them like that if you knew what they were going to be going through after your departure.
1: Yeah. So for the individual contemplating suicide and, and wanting that pain to end, sometimes yeah. you're so backed into a corner, you, you're you not able, literally not able to turn around and see the rest of the room and what other answers or possibilities could exist. And if you're willing to do that with someone, often there are ways to intervene and find yeah. uh, other other avenues to decrease that pain that you're in. Um, But, yes, you're impacting so many people, maybe strangers that you never know, who see something on the news or read it in the paper and are in tears. Mm -hmm. They never knew you, but that matters.
0: We thank Dr. Heather Trish, Manager for Trauma, Suicide and Prevention and Veteran and Military Services of the Jefferson Center for Mental Health in Lakewood, for hanging in with us again for this edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us. You have been listening to Mile High Magazine, a look at the issues and people shaping Colorado, presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. If you have a suggestion for a future program or a question, please send an email to publicaffairs at bonneville.com. Thanks for listening to Mile High Magazine.